Hello and welcome to the episode you've all been waiting for. You've been with bated breath. Episode 100 of Gaming Fix on this. The final episode. Wait, what? Wait, what? That's not true. What? That's not true. Pat, would you like to share with the class? No, that's not true. Uh, We're being bought by nobody. Um, On this December 14th, 2019, uh, we've got we've got an episode for you today. Uh, I think it's a little different than usual, but I think you'll like it. Uh, I am your host, Andre Cole, aka your girl's favorite Santa Claus. I am joined today by Alex. More like Jeff Keeley's ass fix. Am I right? No, that was the other night. Yeah. We did that show on Thursday. Allison. How do I even follow up with anything <laughs> after that? What are your uh, thoughts on Jeff Keeley's ass? Uh, I, I don't know if I have any thoughts on Jeff Keeley's ass. <laughs> I, I didn't watch the game awards, so I do. It's enormous. <laughs> Where do you think? All I mean that as Doritos. a compliment. Uh, and Sam. Hello. I have, there's two members of the podcast here today. Oh yes. We're joined by Todd Howard today. Yeah. Uh, how's, Especially how's guests. fallout going? If you listen to the audio track, Alex, you will be able to hear him farting as he has been doing throughout this whole sex sequence. <laughs> That's how Fallout 76 is doing. <laughs> the most gaming fix thing of all time. Also the most baby. Fallout thing of all time. Nice. Well, uh, that's great to hear that Fallout 76 is uh, continuing on course to be uh, that game still. Uh so, uh, before we get started with today's topic... But, but but wait, who's this other member here that we haven't introduced who's named Pat? Oh, yeah. Oh, no, no. I, well, yeah, no, because he... I said that no, Jeff I, asked Yeah, no, was... he asked about Jeff Keighley's ass. Oh, okay. Our thoughts on Jeff Keighley's ass, yeah. <laughs> Jeez. If you break the order, you, you, you don't get introduced. Uh, yeah, that, that's how it goes. Uh, so, before we get started with today's topic... Um, we do have a bit of a, a little special something for you, the listener, on this uh, 100th episode. This week, in honor of the 100th episode uh, and the holiday season, we've got a big old gift bag of games for you. If you head over to our Twitter uh, from now until December 23rd, you can enter for a chance to win one of the 19 or more games that we've got for you. You'll need to follow the Fix Podcast account and respond and retweet the contest tweet. Uh, tweet to be eligible we'll run down some of the games during the show so you know keep listening to hear that and if you're not on twitter you can still enter by sending an email to gaming at fix.space we'll tell you what to include in that email later on in the episode as well so keep your ears peeled for that uh but now let's get on with the show uh this week pat had the bright idea to discuss underappreciated games of the 2010s. An idea that was copied by several outlets. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We tweeted about it and then they were like, Oh man, that's a great idea. And they all stole the tweet. This shows how clear the influence of our podcast is 100 episodes in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're Titans of the industry. Uh, it's up to your influencers. Yep. Much like Jeff Keeley's ass. 
Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. unfortunate that uh, we weren't able to make it to the game awards um, to present all the uh, most important awards of the night and shake hands with uh, the Muppets. Oh, we were too busy. We were yep. too busy preparing this giveaway. Yep. Speaking of Jeff Keeley's ass, thanks to the Super GG guys, Super GG Radio guys, for joining us on that game awards stream. Yeah, it was oh, yes. fun. Yeah. Uh, Yes, uh, if you missed that, we were joined by, or some, Alex and Pat were joined by uh, the Super GG Radio crew, some of them, uh, yep. to talk about the Game Awards as it happened. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later in the show, but for now, uh, we're going to start talking about what we think are some underrated games of the 2010s. Because y'all, uh, it's about to be the 20, it's going to be able to be the roaring 20s. Oh my God. Technically I, the decade ends. Oh my oh god. No, it's not this again. <laughs> no. <laughs> I only make the joke because I hate it so much. No, we're we're talking about the twenties, not the, it's the different from the decade different decade. I, I agree with you. Some people it's, don't. It's shenanigans. Uh anyway. Alex, hey. what do you think is an underrated game of the of the twenty tens? That is a good question. You caught me off guard and now I'm having to do some magic on here. All oh, right. well, I, so, I can go to somebody else. No, it's all good. We are now prepared. So one game that I think is extremely good, but people just didn't talk about for some reason, uh, came out in 2016. Actually, <laughs> there's so much research I did on it. I, I think it was 16. Uh, but it was one called Owlboy. And 2016, November. Yeah, yeah, I remember because it definitely wasn't 2017, or else it would have had a lot of talk at our game awards. But uh, yeah, Owlboy, which uh, personally I was not following. Like, I know it had a very storied development history prior to coming out. Like, it had been known for many years before, and then uh, it was made by just a couple people, and it took them forever to actually put it out. So, like, people thought it was dead, and like, there was just this like failed thing. Uh, but eventually it, it, it finally came out and like I said, I had no knowledge of that, that history. So I just played it. Uh, I think it was during my extra life stream that year, just like randomly and played through the entire thing in one sitting and was like super blown away by it. Cause like, uh, artistically it's really fantastic. Like it's a really beautiful style and the gameplay is really interesting. Like it's not typical like it controls very strangely but once you get used to it it actually feels like amazing uh it's kind of a metroidvania and like the ways that it blocks you off feel like somewhat natural like it it it's more about like you're actually learning things about the world which permit you to go to the other areas more so than like you're just unlocking some arbitrary ability or something like that uh and it had a surprisingly good story like everything about that game is super, super well done. Uh, but like, I feel like very few people talked about it. And if they did, like, they only got like 20 minutes in, they're like, oh, I'll come back to this. So, mm-hmm. like, uh, that's what I did. <laughs> it's yeah. one of those games where I've always kind of wanted to get back to it because it just like, it looks very cool and it's a very neat game, but I didn't really put much time more than like an hour or two. So, yeah, I heard it was difficult. <laughs> Todd Howard heard so as well, but um, it gets hard, and some of the side challenges can be super difficult. But um, the core story, I wouldn't say, is crazy hard. Okay, uh, 
I f- doesn't it have like some really uh like unique movement stuff because you can fly so are are you flying through most of the levels or is it more just like walking along with some occasional gliding or stuff like that most of it is flying like you're doing okay. flying like 80% of the time and it's really funny because it is technically a, a dual joystick shooter and the oh. way it works the the way you shoot quote unquote is that you you're flying around while holding your friend and your friend is actually the gun. Okay. Yeah. So depending and, on, depending on who you're holding, it gives you different guns. Okay. Uh, so you're an owl. Who are your gunner friends? Oh, I can't even remember. Okay. I don't remember Alphonse or something is his name. I think uh, are there like other animals or no, I think like anthropomorphic the, the, things. Or, okay. uh, no, get, yeah, there's Alphonse and there's Getty, uh, Getty is the main guy, and he's he's just a dude. And Alphonse is like some like robot pirate, a big big suit of armor, kind of like uh, he's hard to describe. He's he's really cool though. Okay, he, he's uh, he's he's a fat boy. Wow. Well, uh, yeah, that Owlboy is one that I saw, and I was like, oh, that looks neat, and then it just. For whatever reason, it never made it into my rotation. Uh, it came out in November, so it was like a busy time. Uh, right after Titanfall two, yeah. uh, so that that might have been uh, one of the reasons that it did not catch on. Uh, but you know, the indie games have like a a much different audience than something like Titanfall two. Uh, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, it's, it's hard to say why why some of these games are underappreciated. Uh, yeah. Do you have any other other games that uh, you you think are underappreciated, Alex? Um, I mean, I th- I really like The Missing. Still, I think I think that still doesn't get much talk, but it's mm-hmm. it is a very flawed game. It's like, uh, yeah, those controls are ass. <laughs> Yeah, but like I think that's a factor of it being like a work of genius with a shoestring budget. Yeah, I think that game is not enjoyable to play at all, but also has one of the best like stories in a game of the decade probably. So I do yeah. think it's interesting that it has hasn't been discussed more. Um, yeah, I mm. I just think like I there are certain like moments in terms of visuals in terms of yeah, the sound that I just think of, I still think about um, mm-hmm. because they're just really powerful. And I personally didn't have as many issues with playing it, but it is that is definitely the weakest link in terms of a really um, otherwise beautiful experience. Yeah, yeah. And, and again, I think like the controls being bad and like some of the puzzles being a little mediocre is a factor of it having like no budget. Because yeah, yeah, like that game was made with nothing. But there, there are just like there are control choices they made. That, yeah, that are not <laughs> uh, not great, and I feel like could have been easily averted. Maybe I'm I'm no programmer, but it's yeah, uh, it's a very good story, and I I am also surprised it doesn't kind of get more. Yeah. Uh, Attention. Yeah. And but. one from our chat that has come up is Sleeping Dogs. Yes. Oh, uh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Sleeping Dogs r- rules. Uh, that combat 
is still awesome. I am sad we never got Sleeping Dogs 2. Yeah. I actually would go so far as to say that I think that is that game is better than any Grand Theft Auto game. Oh, 100%. Actually, oh, yeah, any totally. full stop. Yeah. It is better than any Grand Theft Auto game, for sure. Yeah. yeah. You don't get guns or use guns, really, uh, for like the majority of the game because yep. they're illegal in Hong Kong. And so the... it just makes it more realistic and like makes it more challenging and makes you actually engage with the... Um, Melee, yeah. way more. And, like, and, and I actually care about the story and yep. the characters. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's just, it's, it's a really, uh, in terms of like the open world kind of city, I feel like it's really, really great to yes. uh, get around. Mm-hmm. And it makes me want to go to Hong Kong and eat all the food because for some <laughs> oh, reason, yeah. all the food just makes me so hungry in that game. Yes. Riding a motorcycle down the street, and then you do a wheelie, and then jump off a car and just yes. rocket through the, the air. Yeah, there's the, some cool the driving controls are amazing. The the like the driving controls are incredible, and then the world feels like so vibrant in a way yeah. that even a lot of like GTA Five has probably the most technically impressive uh, city that I've seen in a game um, that I can think of anyway. Um, but like I would rather play Sleeping Dogs story again than play GTA five again because it's just so much it feels more alive to me. Um Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, it's really cool. And like the combat felt like really weighty and it also had all those like uh like environmental interactions you could do. Oh, like, those oh, were fun. God. And it's like throw people on like a Marlin spike. <laughs> not that I'm trying to like cast any amount of shade because they're all they're all amazing games as well but it almost like out yakuza's yakuza sometimes yeah and the feeling totally. of like being having a rich story being an open experience and um i mean it's less of an rpg than than yakuza is but uh like some of that stuff i think playing sleeping dogs is kind of what prepped me to be like want to play yakuza um mm. because yeah it gave me an appreciation for that kind of um, like the, the like melee and uh, crime story stuff. Totally. Yeah. The only problem I ever had with sleeping dogs with all was all those chase sequences. Like I think didn't the game open with a chase sequence? Yeah. Uh, Pretty early on. Yeah. But like, I think that was literally my only problem with the game. Everything else was awesome. Like, but yeah. And like the parkour was good enough where like, if you didn't screw up, it felt really cool. Yeah. But then it has the same problem that every game chase sequence does, where if you screw up, then you have to do it again. That's not fun. Yeah, for sure. Uh, this makes me want to go replay Sleeping Dogs. Uh, you, should, you should go play that spooky ghost DLC. I literally what just if, bought Sleeping Dogs Definitive Edition for uh, PS4. Your last uh, one. Ah, yeah. Uh, well, uh, you know what happens when a dog sleeps? They you fart. watch it. You you watch the dogs. Oh god! What if we watch the dogs when I don't have a baby? Sorry, because <laughs> you might start crying. Aww, okay, that's so fair. Uh, little Todd Howard is asleep. We'll we'll let him sleep for the moment. But I needed to make that segue. Yep. I couldn't let it. I couldn't let it hang. It was good. Uh, well, uh, but it was a it was a swing and a miss, much like uh, stormtroopers always miss when they fire at uh, the hero heroes of Star Wars <laughs> Battlefront Two. Depends on what stormtroopers it is. I oh for so never miss. Never God, misses. did you watch that video? 
that I sent what? to our group oh, chat. Oh, no, I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. It, Which is I like, it's 20 something minutes and it's every stormtrooper in all of the Star Wars movies. Oh, I, I can't watch that. Yeah, well, I will watch it. I haven't watched the new Mandalorian yet either. Those are oh, neither my, have I. My, my because I watched, I watched episode three last night instead. And God, that I movie can't. would never end because I was so done by the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, uh, well, it was like that moment where you like go, oh, it's it's almost done. And it's like hour and 15 minutes left. And you're like, what? How about that moment where you go, oh, man, episode three was the best of the prequels. This is going to be great. And then you realize that actually episode one was the best of the prequels all along. And that episode three is very bloated and has a lot of overacting and still has Hayden Christensen in it. <laughs> oh, my God. And then all the like meme mo- and then all the <laughs> meme moments happen early. So you're just like, that's all I got to look forward to is hello there or um, the, the episode Darth one. Plagueis the Wise or yeah. The episode one memes are better like sand. No, that's, that's uh, episode, episode two. two. Yeah. Oh, that's episode two. Well, whatever. episode two is is by episode two. That is a good meme. Episode two is by a very wide margin. The worst Star Wars movie. It is so bad. Oh, my God. <laughs> so bad. Oh, my God. And all. Well, Oh God, we're not no, doing no, this. No, no, we're talking. So what, we're what, game, what game is underrated, huh? <laughs> My pick for underrated game. It's not that I have an argument for why it's the most underrated, but it, the the game that came to mind when I thought of underrated games is Star Wars Battlefront Two. I, I mean, there's is, a very good reason for it being under uh, underrated. Slash uh, appreciated. Can yeah. anyone tell me what the problem with the loot boxes was? Does anyone know what it was? Uh, it, it had like it was basically pay to win stuff. There was a lot of like progression stuff yeah, locked in those and if you had that it didn't it cost like two thousand dollars to get every character or something so no it was the like problem the problem was that it was uh, the thing that was being kept behind loot boxes were gameplay mechanic like eccentric yeah. things like weapons or abilities or things yes, like that and it then, did make you you could get perks that would let you like aim down the sights point zero eight yeah, seconds yeah, faster it, which which were also consumables uh but the other issue was that if you wanted to un- unlock like major characters this is at launch if you want to like uh launch launch um like you want to play darth vader you had and you didn't want to pay any money you had to play like two thousand hours of that game like so technically yeah, yeah you could so, have unlocked it but like what's funny is pay money the first part of this that i think is interesting and i'm glad that it i'm kind of glad that this happened because it led to a general shift to making everyone made sure that their loot boxes only had cosmetic stuff but the stuff that was in those loot boxes was not that bad i mean like Putting anything gameplay in loot boxes sucks. So again, I'm not like trying to mount a defense for like pay to win, but like I was when I finally got around to playing Battlefront, it became very clear that like a few people who played it were like, this has pay to win stuff. And then that guy amplified by the industry and like blasted out and people just started shitting on that game who had never touched it and didn't actually have any idea what was in the loot boxes. Um, and yeah, I mean, like, again, not not good. I'm not like trying to defend it, but it also was not. It was like, did you stuff like I game? said? Did you start playing the game when it came out? I thought yeah, you came well, a it. couple, a few weeks after it came out. Cause, well, because they like they very quickly like adjusted the uh, the model. Yeah. So yeah. when I started playing it, it still had the stuff in the loot boxes. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, because hmm? oh, sorry, please go for it. Uh, they had adjusted the the prices of the characters to mm-hmm. uh, to be way lower, but they hadn't changed the way the loot boxes worked yet. Um, 
And so like when I started playing it, it was very much like I had this moment of like, wow, this is like the thing that caused the whole industry to melt down again. I could totally see it coming up as like a, wow, this sucks. This is stupid. They should change this. But the way that the entire industry like ground to a halt to make sure that no one ever played battlefront two, it was like for this. Wow. Okay. The thing (laughs) is like like, way more egregious shit in Korean MMOs and stuff like, (laughs) yeah. But the thing is, is that, um, in North America, this was like a game that was relatively targeted at kids and, this ended up being kind of the catalyst that brought the whole conversation literally to court and like started getting loot boxes banned in Europe and stuff like this. Which and is like, why I think it's good that it happened. I just yeah. wish people had opened an app on their iPhones prior to this. Like this stuff has been <laughs> it, Oh, totally. It's yeah. So baked into games before this. And I think it's interesting that Battlefront and I think it was a combination of the license, yeah. Um, yeah. huge game. And that um, red that Reddit I, comment. I, I would say that I don't think it's I would I'm surprised that people would um one like encourage their kids to play it and two I'd be surprised if a kid played it and was like I want to play more of this because it's a pretty complicated game. It's not yeah. like it, it's it's I can see like middle schoolers being super into it but like it's not like it's it's complex in in ways that I was not really that's not fair. I was playing pretty complex games when I was a kid and maybe kids still are but a lot of the games that I hear and see kids talking about are uh, a little less complicated. But anyway, uh, all that stuff, launch stuff aside, ultimately it did suck. So I'm glad it changed. Um, but uh, over time, they have that game ha- has just been like they're still developing it. There's still stuff coming out for it next year um, with a pr- relatively small but big enough to find games easily player base. That game has like soared. Um, the single player content in that game is awesome uh it is like a really interesting star wars story set around really interesting characters um kind of excuse me (laughs) alex showing a video of a dog eating something uh it is a um the the inferno squadron characters that they introduced are really cool i guess it's it's a pretty standard star wars story of like a character is a bad character and then they turn good but um they did some cool story DLC stuff that they never got to continue because um, of the issues that that game had, but that like tied its story in with the force awakens. Um, It was, it was a really cool thing. And from a multiplayer perspective, like it's definitely the best battlefront game. Um, And like people will, would come at me for that who super love battlefront two, like the old battlefront two. Yeah. But it's a better game than that game. It Um, seems like it. And they changed the way a lot of the bad stuff from the first dice battlefront game worked and fixed it um, to the point where now, I mean, it's, it's like, it is, I think like Jedi is a better game personally. uh, And I like, like playing through Jedi more, but um, battlefront two is like star Wars in game form more than any other video game maybe ever made because you can do all of the star Wars in it. If you want to do lightsaber duels, you can do it. If you want to do space battles, you can do it. If you want to do big, huge ground battles, you can do it. It has like every star Wars thing. Um, and it's across every era. Now it has like every major hero character in it. Um, they have like how much sand does it have? Oh, there's a lot of sand. Let me tell you, uh, it has multiple sand maps. Um, it has like, you know, if you want to play small scale, 
a squad of stormtroopers with Boba Fett versus a squad of rebels with Han Solo and Tatooine. You can do that if you want to play like a MOBA like, uh, not MOBA like, that's not fair, but like a more complex objective based thing with hero characters that have abilities that interact. Um, that's in there too. Uh, and so like, and then there's also like multiplayer space battles that you can play. So I don't know. I think it's surprising to me that that game, um, didn't get the, like people didn't go back to it and go, wow, this is great. Uh, Kind of to say, um, like, I think that at launch, it was a better playing game than something like Rainbow Six Siege was at launch. Um, Obviously, Siege didn't have quite the same degree of pay to win stuff, although Siege had a pretty bullshit uh, like you could buy the starter edition and then all of the characters are more expensive forever uh, than if you had just bought the regular version of the game. Um, So Siege has had its own bullshit. And I think it's interesting that Siege, which is a phenomenal game, got all of got all of like the industry talking about how great Ubisoft is at supporting their games. Meanwhile, like Battlefront justifiably caught a lot of shit and has become a really, really good game in the time since. And no one ever talks about it like ever. Uh, So, yeah, I don't know. I think that's do you think that's a factor of it being an EA game and people hate EA? Yep. Absolutely. And I think it's an example of like, don't get me wrong. EA. Maybe, but, uh, but, uh, but I don't know. I don't think that, I don't know that siege, I guess I don't really watch like mainstream TV enough to know how much advertising and stuff siege gets, but I feel like I only really see stuff for siege when there's like new content coming for it. So I don't know. Um, uh, and I feel like they did kind of Star Wars, like Battlefront. They were pretty. They publicized the like year of the Clone Wars pretty heavily when that started. Um, so I don't know. Uh, maybe it's a marketing thing, but uh, I do think that it's because people hate AEA, and I'm not saying that they shouldn't, because massive AAA publishers, you should be very skeptical of them. Um, specific, like EA and, and Activision more than anyone else. That said. Uh, Again, to make the Ubisoft comparison, it's like Ubisoft is a massive publisher that does a ton of bullshit, too. And so I think it's interesting how gamer perceptions go because people have a much rosier view of Ubisoft than they do of other companies because of what Ubisoft's been able to do to, like, keep its image pretty clean. Um, and like Ubisoft has become known as the company that puts out question like kind of meh games and then fixes them. Um and uh, so it's uh, the whole the whole thing is very interesting to me. And I think, you know, you should probably if you like Star Wars, you should play Battlefront, too. You should at least play through the campaign, get the get the, yeah. the, the game and, and do that. It's really interesting because as an outsider looking in, I never played it. But um, like it seems like people always talked about how everything surrounding the game was total garbage. Like we were talking about at the start of this whole little segment here. Uh, but the game itself seems pretty great. Mm-hmm. Like playing it feels yeah. good and it looks good and it sounds good. So, but I yep. can't have a pink Darth Vader. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a lot of cosmetics though. Now it's pretty cool. I mean, it's not like league levels of it, but like you can play. Like, I, I can't have a Versace Darth like Vader. <laughs> no, there's no Versace Darth Vader. Uh, 
but uh but but there's like kylo ren with his helmet on and kylo ren with his helmet off like (laughs) (laughs) what does he look like is he burned is it horrific wait can can i be kylo ren with his shirt on or shirt off i don't think they have uh what is he called canonically what is big big kylo ren called is it just big kylo ren bigger kylo biggest luke I do think that they should have made one of the Luke skins like just a bit taller. Just just a little bit. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't have a lot of other thoughts other than that's a very good game and more people should play that game. If you were going to put uh, one character from the Mandalorian in it, which one would you put? Baby Yoda. Uh, Amy Sedaris. <laughs> Amy Sedaris. Just Amy Sedaris. Warner Herzog. <laughs> well, I feel like Baby Yoda wouldn't if you put baby yoda in that game you'd have to watch baby yoda die a lot <laughs> a lot no because it he just used the force and i mean like, no, technically the characters die. never die like if you kill a hero character they just like kneel down yeah, heroes uh, never die yeah because they can't <laughs> die uh but um that said i don't want to watch baby yoda get shot by blasters so no baby yoda um I so guess like Warner Herzog. No, I think. Um, what is her name? What is Carlos' character's name? I can't remember because they don't do a good job of. Uh, but she would be cool because she does like martial arts stuff. Um, yeah. Oh, Ming is played by Ming Na Wen. No, no, the um, uh, MMA fighter lady that's in Haywire. That was the uh, oh, what's her name? Welcome to Gaming remember. Fix, where we go. Uh, mm, yeah, the mm. the second highest build character <laughs> in the show before the show came out, <laughs> who was on stage when it was announced that none of us can remember the name of <laughs> uh, Amy Sedaris. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> Gina like, Carano. Thank you. Yes, Gina, we're yes. Gina Carano. <laughs> <laughs> All I could think of, I called her Carla because all I could think of was Carla Gugino because <laughs> they have similar know. names. <laughs> Definitely got those two confused before and I don't even think it was name related. I think it's because they looked semi-similar in one film I saw. <laughs> anyway, yes. Gina Carano's character is who I would want in Battlefront 2 because she does martial arts and there aren't like... what if. She's MMA and stuff, and that would be interesting if, to see how that would work. What if it was Gina Carano's character from Fast and Furious 7? 6. 6. I don't know. I, I don't remember her character that from that movie. Or Deadpool. What it, man, so like, what if in Fast and Furious 9 they go to space and then Baby Yoda's there? Uh, it would make more sense. I guess it would make the most sense to put Deadpool in Battlefront 2 because... His whole thing is like breaking the fourth wall and they're both owned by Disney. So yeah, like, Oh God, there's a lot of Disney characters you can put in there, but we can't, we no, can't, but, but you can't because Deadpool is the put, only one that, gotta, that like put Sora in battlefront too. Oh, punished oh, Venom Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so yeah, battlefront two is a good game. Yes. And it's like $20 MSRP. So, wow. and it's on EA access. So if you own, a PlayStation Four, you probably haven't had the EA Access trial, so you could play Battlefront Two right now for free. I expect. Yep, and probably play through the campaign because it's not very long. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, uh, 
You know what happens when uh, dogs sleep? You watch them. <laughs> a watchdog never sleeps. Oh, it's true. Uh, they do. That is a phrase that people say. So I'm not here to talk about watchdogs. One of the worst games I've ever played. I'm here to talk about, for some reason, a game that I decided to play, Watch Dogs 2. Um, so Watch Dogs 2 was my game of the year in 2016, so the year before we started working together. Um, basically, you play as a, a young hacker who is kind of just making his way into the world of San Francisco called Marcus Holloway. Um, and uh, you eventually join up with DeadSec and uh, start the hacking. He's like, you're talking, Dad. Don't talk. <laughs> Did anyone play Watch Dogs 2? <laughs> uh, I, I picked it up this year on your recommendation. Uh, I didn't get super far. Uh, just like at, at this point in my life, I don't know if I'm like into the that like style of open world game, like the Grand Theft Auto ish style. I got to the part where you defraud the guy and like, I'm Bobo Dakes over the phone using like a soundboard. That was pretty funny. Very good. But just like playing it wasn't really doing it for me. I think that's part of, I, I played more than that. I got into the stuff where you start like doing the insert insurance stuff where you're like, like, uh, sort of taking revenge on the insurance companies. Um, and I like a lot of what that game does narratively. Um, I, I didn't love how the driving felt and I didn't really love how the shooting felt. Um, and when it came down to it, I felt like the um, it's funny. Cause like a lot of what that game employs for its missions are like sequences where you have to like move your, uh, take a drone and fly it through vents or something and activate a button or something like that. I think that stuff is really cool and far more interesting than just like shootout after shootout after shootout than a car chase. Yeah. The thing is I still found those missions to get really repetitive and um, it was hard for me to like stay invested, but I don't know how much of that is a problem with the game and how much of that is what you're saying, Andre, where like, I just don't know if I want games like that anymore in like cities like that. Yeah. Um, because I mean, we just talked about how great sleeping dogs is and like it, that's an open world city crime game type thing. Yeah. I think because the, 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 your fists do the talking sleeping yes. dogs. Like yeah. I think it's just a, it's a, it's the, the structure of the game is much more like, you get into melee battles uh, and then you drive around this really cool city. Whereas watchdogs is in a cool way. Watchdogs two is much more about interacting with the environment and the city. Um, but I don't know how much of that I want to do anymore. So I don't know. I, there, I can't put my finger. I don't think that watchdog, I think this is, I think watchdog two is a great pick for this because I do think that it was underrated and I do think it's a really good game. Um, but it's also hard for me to like get into it. I would like yeah. to finish it before Legion comes out. And I, and like one thing I'll say about Watch Dogs 2 that's great is the characters and story are so memorable that really like, I could start playing it again today, having not done so in four months. And I feel like I would be able to jump right back into my safe because I remember everything that happened. 
um, because it has really, really good writing, really, really good characters, really good performances. It's also like one of the most diverse casts of characters in a triple A game that I've ever seen, which is incredible. Like lots of people of color, lots of people uh, who are not neurotypical. Um, I, I don't know how I can't remember how much of it is like if there's a, if there's good LGBTQ representation, but I feel like there's a couple of characters uh, at least. Um, so yeah, that part of it's really cool. And uh, it turns out that having a super diverse cast of characters makes me makes it a lot easier to pay attention and be invested in a story for me. So that yeah, is remember uh, who the characters are because yeah, you're like, there's a bunch of white faces. faces. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I think that, that that is like super one of its strengths. Um, and I am intrigued to play Legion. And also I'm just going to say it again, because I'm going to say it every time this game comes up. Ubisoft now has a pretty damn good map of San Francisco and the surrounding areas. You just polish that up a bit. Too. Put some put some more rails in there, and you got steep too. San Francisco's got a lot of hills, so steep name makes sense. You can make mm-hmm. it the summer games, mm-hmm. skateboarding, street luging, base jumping. Just, base jumping. I don't think I don't think anything in San Francisco is tall enough for base jumping. Yeah, maybe Coit sure Tower. Maybe Coit Tower, and that's it. <laughs> Sure, you could jump off the top of the the Golden Gate Bridge. I mean, you can jump off anything. <laughs> it's just it's it's a video game. You could fudge it. But I'm just saying, Ubisoft is welcome to give me a call. I'd be happy to direct Steep Two set in San Francisco. But, uh, but Steep Two so, Summer Games. So, speaking of Steep Two Summer Games in, in San Francisco, what like made it your game of the year, Sam? Like over any other game that came out in 2016. It was just like the most fun that I had playing a video game that year. So like um, the the best cast of characters, like Pat was saying, I think the, the cast of characters was uh, really good. Um, it also had no, like, there were no downturns. So like Final Fantasy 15 came out that year and that probably would have been my game of the year if it wasn't for the absolutely atrocious chapter 13. Um and uh, you got similar issues. Like uh, Watch Dogs Two didn't really have that issue. It just kept going, and like the story was really cool. All of the side quests were good. I did every single one, um, and um, I really liked that. Um, the it wasn't a stealth game about not getting spotted because so there's a lot of stealth in the game. It's less about not getting spotted and more about doing stuff while people aren't paying attention. So like um, the I don't think. Um, for the latter half of the game, I think I barely went into the mission area as Marcus. I was doing everything with drones. Um, and like being able to do stuff like go through a secure facility, use the taser attached to my drone to knock out all the guards and then just walk through without setting off any alarms or like sprint at full speed <laughs> through these areas that should be yeah. like absolute minefields. Mm-hmm. Um I also only killed one character in the game, and that was by mistake, switching to the wrong weapon. Um, like, I never picked up or used a lethal weapon at all in the game. And I think that's really awesome. Uh, that's definitely something that I want to see more from games. Lethal weapon? Was Mel Gibson yeah. in it? Um, so you can make your own games. Yeah, games. So you, you can make your own guns. You can 3D print them. Uh, and uh, like that you can 3D print like all these non-lethal weapons. Um, and they're really, really cool and really fun to use. And um, so I was just constantly like I had like the uh, a taser, 
and then I had like a taser rifle and I was just out there tasing everybody, never actually killing anyone. I, yeah, I literally killed one guy and it was like, I th- think I'd run out of ammo for everything non-lethal and I couldn't do anything but shoot him. Um, and like, uh, yeah, I really love the drone stuff. Um, and like Watch Dogs 1 was a game that I was so, so excited for and so, so disappointed by. Yeah. And then... Watch Dogs 2, like, I, I know, Pat, you guys were saying you didn't like the driving that much, but, like, it's really, really arcadey and fun, uh, especially when you get, like, super fast cars and you're driving, like, there's one of the missions where you get, like, a Knight Rider car and you're driving the Knight Rider car down all those crazy hills in San Francisco and doing, like, a giant leap and then sliding down the road, like, down the monorail, tr- the um, uh, cable car tracks and stuff. It's just like, it's a really cool world as well. Like it's San Francisco got so much personality as a city that it's really easy for that game to have a world, a world with a lot of personality. Um, but what if I could strap a bunch of boxes to my back (laughs) and just walk across a barren wasteland very slowly instead? That sounds like a game for me. (laughs) It's, It's, it's so bizarre. I've, you know, like, it's so bizarre to me that I like, I play Watch Dogs 2 and I'm like, yeah, like, I, it's it's interesting, but I'm not enjoying playing it. And then I play like Death Stranding. I'm like, oh man, I, I'm loving this. Just, yeah. Oh no, I'm falling over. I gotta, I gotta pull the right trigger. Like I, there's I intangibles in Death Stranding that are, yeah, yeah. Make it hard to, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it's, it's just like a weird, weird place to be with like games or my, what I think I should like, I'm not liking. I think it might be just because, like, Watch Dogs 2 is an exceptionally crafted open world game. It's like probably one of the heights of the Ubisoft formula. Like, sure. that started yeah. with Far Cry Agreed, 3. Yeah. And if you played every game from Far Cry 3 until Watch Dogs, it, maybe it's a little saturated for you. Whereas Death Stranding is like something co- totally unique. So maybe that's, yeah, that's I, some, yeah. something to do with it. I don't I, know. I've, like yeah, I don't play every Ubisoft game, especially more recently. Like, I, I play like once, one every now and then. But I, I respect what they're doing. It's just their games haven't been doing it for me. Yeah, but I mean, like you played Grand Theft Auto and Saints Row and all uh, that kind of uh, stuff. Like, I haven't played Grand Theft Auto since four. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Uh, I do actually. I think that Watch Dogs Two is probably the best GTA style game um, over Sleeping Dogs. Although Sleeping Dogs <laughs> is like this close and i think the story is better in sleeping dogs and the combat is better but i feel like the cohesive whole of Watch Dogs 2 is more fun for me <laughs> and, and i like how silly Watch Dogs 2 is it, it is very silly and fun yeah yeah and the i think part- that might be um sorry just not to interrupt but i think that the the, the part the the reason why andre doesn't like it versus death stranding is the Watch Dogs 2 is fun Good. <laughs> uh, uh, like, like I don't understand it either. I don't. I still don't know why I like Death Stranding. Uh, it's, it's just you know interesting, like to look at these like two different open world games that are very different, and like one is so focused on being like a fun, you know, a fun adventure with wacky stuff, and the other one's very serious and like we're gonna, you know, we're gonna punish the player and put you know very mechanics heavy uh systems heavy more normally i hate those kinds of games but i, I loved death stranding and watchdogs too i'm like oh yeah i played that a little bit uh the part where you steal a 
car from a movie and then that is just a prop car but then your squad actually like kits it out with all the stuff from the movie and then you go on a crazy like car journey like chase through all of san francisco and oakland with with tons of police helicopters and cars chasing you deploying like oil slicks and like jumping off of things and having flames come out the back of the car. Like that mission is amazing. <laughs> that was the one and I was talking about the Knight Rider car. It's called like Night Driver or something. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> it's so good. I think that's right before where I stopped or that's the, yeah, no, or it's no, probably right around there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I stopped right before that. I think a lot of that stuff is great. I, I didn't mechanically like those sequences didn't do as much for me, but like conceptually it's really, really cool. Yeah. Um, and I definitely that's it's 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 a plan. I have to finish it before um, Legion. Legion comes out because uh, I am I, I actually don't have I don't think Legion is going to be as good as Watch Dogs 2 because I don't think they're going to capture the same lightning in the bottle feeling. But I do want to play Legion. I expect it'll be fine. And there think- aren't a lot of those games being made anymore. So. Um, I think the reason why I'm I think it's not going to catch as well is that the whole like the one of the best things about Watch Dogs is how good the cast is, and like the cast could be anyone in Legion, so it's it's going to be really hard for them to ca- have a good engaging story. I think what they're going to rely on with that game is a really really good mechanics and a fun world to play in, but I you know that's not what I want. Mostly really from a Watchdog sequel. I still think that either they're going to put a character in that is like maybe you don't control them or something, but they're Plot like armor. Yeah, I think I think either they're going to they're going to like kind of blow everyone's minds and nail that like unique characters thing. And like you really will play it for 30 hours or whatever and not see repeated characters and they'll all be interesting I, I think that's less likely than them. They're going to, there's a, there's some characters in there that are just like, Oh man, the story characters, you just don't play as them. Uh, uh, the central character is meant to be the AI that gives them all instructions. Yeah. They say a the lot AI of that is stuff. actually going to be a person. It's going to be a wizard of Oz well, behind the curtain. Beyond that. that Ubisoft, makes sense. Has, Ubisoft has a habit of like, saying that there's these grand narrative concepts in their games. And then when it comes out, it's kind of like, Oh, well you actually just did this, uh, mm-hmm. which is part of what makes watchdogs too impressive because it doesn't do that. And it in fact just delivers a very good story with very good characters. Um, Speak, speaking of games with very good stories and very good characters and lots of very good stories in which you have almost zero chance of escaping from Allison. Oh, okay. Uh, wait, wait, before we get to Allison, <laughs> like, that's a good segue that at all. But uh, that's 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 nice, Alex. Uh, before but before we get there, uh, I do want to take a moment, and uh, I want I want each of us to shout out a game from our giveaway that uh, we're fans of. Uh, I personally am a fan of Resident Evil Two. It's probably my f- my favorite game this year. Also, uh, a hard game that is extremely mechanics heavy. So I don't know. If I believe <laughs> I you're. I think it's that hard. You also like uh, Dark Souls. And second, yeah, I think you're, that whole thing is I, bullshit that I, you said I, five maybe. minutes ago. I, maybe I think you like mechanics heavy hard games, and Resident <laughs> Evil Two is a hard game. Uh, I understand I, for you, it's not hard. I mean, maybe if you're a baby, <laughs> I am happy to. You are welcome to call me a baby. One of uh, I am playing Death Stranding on hard. Thank you very yeah, much. Uh, I I did not 
want to so, bother with that. So Resident Evil uh, 2 for Pat or for Pat e- for Andre. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of Resident Evil 2, and uh, you could be a lucky owner of Resident Evil 2 as well if you go to the at Fix Podcast Twitter page and enter our drawing. Uh, Pat, what game from our giveaway are you a fan of? Oh, so many. Well, um, pick one. But the one that I'll pick for <laughs> the one that I'll pick to to highlight for now uh, is Slay the Spire, which I think is um, one of the best games of the year. In fact. And uh, I think that um, it is a delightful entry into the uh, kind of roguelike. It's both a delightful roguelite uh, and also a delightful card game. And for people who have not played a lot of card games and who do that thing that is baffling to me where they say, I don't know. I don't know much about card games. I don't know if I can play this because I don't know anything about card games. Uh, It's a great game to play because it is single player and very good and you can die as many times as you want to i guess that's a bad way to put it but mm-hmm. you'll just be unlocking new cards and and seeing new stuff great uh pat no not pat <laughs> sam i mean i'll do another one it's it's 12 it's 12 there are two battle tech games on that list that i uh uh sam so let's talk about um one of the best games of the year control uh so we basically now <laughs> we can do it now we can do it in two weeks three we're, weeks we're gonna do it in two weeks either way <laughs> we can litigate it in two to three weeks time but control is uh one of my favorite games of the year um it's a game with so much style um which also has um, like I watched the Game Awards yesterday and uh, the trailer for all the new control content. I'm just watching Jesse like flying around shooting uh, using telekinesis. And I was like, that was an extremely cool set of abilities in a game. Um, I would probably say there's no game that I have played where I use all the abilities on the tree, except Horizon, where I was using like all the weapons they give you. I tried every single one and they were all useful. Um, and that, that I would say would control. Uh, so if you're looking for a good video game to pick out of this pack and you, have, you don't hate the Epic Game Store, then uh, Control is one I would highly, highly recommend. Uh, you know yes. what? I'd recommend Control even if you do hate the Epic Game Store. Get over uh, it. All these, oh, all these games. games. Get over it. All I mean, everybody should get over it. Uh, all of our games are giving away. Save one are uh, PC, Steam, or Epic Game Store games. Uh, we do have one that is uh, on PS4, uh, Spirit of the North. But uh, Allison, which of the games that we're giving away has a special place in your heart? Well, Pat stole mine with Slay the Spire, which is uh, one of my favorite games of the year and definitely something that I will be bringing up in a couple of weeks, uh, at least as part of my personal top 10 list. But uh, the- Oh, there's support for that game. Don't you worry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, reviewed okay. that game. I reviewed that game five stars, I think, out of five. Yeah. yeah. It, it, well, yeah. It, good. Uh, but the other one that I <laughs> uh, that we haven't talked about yet is Baba is You, which oh, yeah. I really, really like. I am. Re- I don't know if I'm very good at it because I feel like it's hard. But oh, it's very hard. Okay, yeah, I am so bad at that game. I, I need to play a little bit of that before like game of the year. But it is it is one of the more one of the most interesting uh, puzzle games of uh, recent years. And it's basically because you're um, adjusting the rules of the game as you're playing the game. Totally. So you're uh, 
because all of the rules for uh, like what you are, like, for example, Baba is you. Baba is the is the player character. You can change it to be that wall is you. So you're just moving around as a giant wall, uh, yep. <laughs> which is what I did a lot. Uh, you can uh, it, it what what defines the winning uh, situation is in there, too. So you can say wall is win and you walk into the wall and you did it. Um, there's just it's, it's 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 hard. And it's something that I, I keep thinking I want to get back to because I got I played a decent amount of it, but I still I know there's quite a bit more. But it is it is one of the more unique games of the year. So I'm very excited for whoever hasn't played it, but we'll get to play it. Uh, a game is no, no game has made me feel as stupid. As I know. <laughs> me too. But I, That's like, just what I need. Despite that, I still really like it. Like, despite it making me feel really dumb, I, I still would recommend Baba is You. Like, I've been on puzzles. I'm like, there's only like three things that I could possibly do, I feel like, and none of them do what I need them to do. I don't know what's happening. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Baba is You, that's, that's a good pick, Allison. Uh, Alex, how about for you? Uh, well, we have a big list and lots to choose from here, Andre. Boy, yeah. you, you know, there's lots of lots of games that people could be Do getting from this great giveaway. On, on but um, lot of, lots of great games. Yeah, but the one I would pick actually would probably be Heart of the Woods. Out of those, ha! I knew it. Yeah, I should have put money on it <laughs> because it's uh, it is a visual novel. It's great, but it's an independently made one with really awesome art and a really just unique story, which I won't spoil because it's worth going in blind. Uh, it's a very very unique story and it comes from authors who are very steeped in the LGBTQ community like uh, the writers are trans they are queer uh, there's lots of representation of that community in that game and it does it in a really uh, lighthearted but also really serious way but it's it's a really fun story like even though it goes serious places like it's also really silly and has some of the best one liners I can think of from this year all right uh, well, there you have it. Those are some of uh, five of the uh, 19 plus games that we've got to give away. Um, if you uh, are not on Twitter and you'd like to uh, have a chance at getting one of these games, if you email uh, gaming at fix.space uh, and tell us either uh, you send us either a picture of Jeff Keeley's butt mm-hmm. or tell us uh, what your underrated game, what you think is the most underrated game of the 2010s uh, is and why. Letting people not send the butt is cowardice, Andre. You can send the butt. We'll count your entry if you send the butt. It, we, we, no, no we, he's saying that they should have to yeah, send the butt. Maybe we double oh. Maybe we double up your entry if you, if you send a butt. Oh, God. No, you don't. We're not going <laughs> to. No, no. But no but, ifs please, or buts. You hey. may either... Or both, send us your most underrated game of the decade and talk about it, or send a picture of Jeff Keighley's butt. Or both most of underrated butt of the decade. Oh, yeah. I don't want to sift through those, but <laughs> sure. Well, Alex is the main person. Baby Yoda. Also. I don't, we've never even seen Baby Yoda's butt. That's also weird. He's Does a baby. Baby Yoda have a butt? I mean, everything has a butt. Does Yoda have a butt? Uh, we have gone down this giant uh, rabbit hole that I don't know. Well, if, we can if get you out finish of. Jedi Fallen Order, 
<laughs> we see you that was the butt. thing that was, or, or if you watch the ea super bowl it was, advert. It, was, it was a bold move to show that in the super bowl commercial <laughs> god uh also uh fun story baba's you is only 75 megabytes yeah no, i know because i just a, purchased it it's a very tiny <laughs> tiny game but it's uh, real fucking very good, good. It's a good and game. infuriating. It also uh, has. I don't. I have seventy-five of, megabytes of make you feel stupid. I have plenty of issues with uh, Steam, the way Steam user reviews work, but I will say that it is rare that a game that has ninety-nine percent positive reviews out of thousands of reviews is bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, um, now uh, we're going to talk about a game that uh, I played last year, and I, I was blown away. Uh, and enraptured Allison, please tell me, tell us about 999. Okay, uh, do I have time to talk about both of my games that I... Yeah, 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 but but, but we we went into 999 before, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I wanted to bring up, uh, I I feel like the entire uh, Zero Escape Notary Games uh, group could be under this, However, the one that I decided to choose was the first one, uh, 999, Nine Hours, Nine Persons, Nine Doors. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, and I think that's partially because um, I think that more people should be playing the series, but then also because uh, a lot of people uh, uh, are a big fans of the second game of the series, series uh, Zero's Last Reward, which is uh, for, for good reason, because that game's great. But I, I feel like... 999 really um got me hooked in the series as well uh so it uh it it is basically a visual novel but you are stuck in a uh or, or where there's nine characters that are stuck on a ship and it's sinking and they're trying to figure their way out through uh escape the room puzzles um and uh there's a lot of intrigue there are multiple endings and there's a lot of um it's just one of those things where i never felt bored by the story elements because i was just i I thought it was always really interesting all of the characters and story was was really good um and then it just goes into some extremely weird stuff in terms of uh like various kind of science fiction type theory that I did not expect when I saw this game existed. Um, It doesn't have quite as many of the big twists uh, as uh, Zero's Last Reward does. Or Virtue's Last Last Reward. Virtue's Last Reward. Uh, But uh, I I think that the twists that do exist are really good. Uh, So it's, it's... one of those games where I feel like I'm in a constant state of wanting to go and replay that series, even though I I only just played it um, uh, actually near the start of uh, the podcast. And I'm just like, I kind of want to get back to it because I, I just really liked the story and the, and every everything yeah. about that series. It's really widely available now, too, because originally it yes. was a it was a DS game. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It was originally a DS game. I played it as part of the Noner Games uh, pack on Steam. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's available on quite a few other consoles and yeah. Yeah. PlayStation as well. is where I played yeah. it. I think iPhone even. Really? I think I'll, I'll look it up. But uh, if that is, I might have to just go buy that on my iPhone so that I can have that on my iPhone. Uh, but 
it was on iPhone, but the app didn't get updated when Apple switched from 32 to 64 bit apps or something mm. like that. So I, I owned it. I paid like 20, 20 pounds for it. And then I can't play anymore. That's unfortunate. That's do do. Uh, but it's, uh, but in terms of um, availability, like, especially if you have, uh, if, if you're playing it on Steam, it like it goes on sale uh, quite a bit, and it comes with, especially the first pack comes with two really really fantastic games. I uh, got all the achievements for it, which I don't know if I if for both of those games, which I don't. There aren't that many, but I don't. It's, if you do like the full route, if you do yeah. like, get like the true ending, you'll end up with all the uh, trophies. Yeah, and then also just. Uh, there, there's there there are a couple of other tro- uh, trophies as well, but like, uh, but it's it's one of those things where I like I I just devoured those games and yeah and love them very much. Yeah, I think nine 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 is mind blowingly good. I yeah, yeah. I, I, I it made me very sad when the third game was not as good. Yeah, I I personally don't know if I agree, but I I really like the third game, but I don't uh. But I know that's a pretty common uh, argument that I've heard is that people don't like it as much. But I, I still think that the series is worth giving a shot. Yeah. Especially uh, if you have. Yeah. I, I think people should definitely check that out uh, because like it's got a lot of puzzle stuff and like mystery mm-hmm. and just like bonkers story stuff where if you like really complicated, convoluted storytelling, um Hell yeah! Then I, that's that's a game for you. There, there are and, still, and still flow some, charts. Oh my god, uh, the flow charts are are a thing, and that's why um, I would actually recommend uh, playing uh, one of the Nonary games uh, releases over the DS version. Um, I actually haven't played the DS version. I need mm-hmm. i I kind of want to go and get it eventually, um, but uh, it actually doesn't have a flow chart, um, which makes things. A lot. Uh, oh yeah. Oh god. It's way Which, tougher. That's where I played a, it. A lot tougher, <laughs> and then play, doing um, like replaying the story is is less enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, whereas with the whereas um, they very uh, smartly realized with Virtue's Last Reward, and then the re-release in the Notary Games uh, pack is that hey, if you're going to be having multiple. Um, playthroughs that can be necessary and be a, a big part of the game, then you should have that, that flow chart, which uh, yeah. is, is wonderful. Yeah. Uh, that the art in nine, 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 I just, it's very unsettling to me. Like the character designs, the portrait art, there is I, one I ending. really don't like it. There's one ending in nine, nine, nine that still spooks me. And it's like because of the character design and like just the creep factor. It's it's that, that the the end like the end of a lot of those routes is very unsettling. Yep. Uh, and spooky. It it does it does uh, like the basic premise of it is you're trapped on a ship um, that is going to sink in nine hours, and you're trying to escape with nine other people. Uh, so yeah, that's uh highly recommended. Uh yeah, you got to escape through the nine doors and uh, you know, make friends along the way. 
uh, it'll probably be on sale this holiday. Uh, yeah, it, it always is. So I bought it two years ago on PS4, the entire pack. And I was yeah. like, I started playing with my wife and she really enjoyed it when we played the first 999 for about two, three hours. And she has never wanted to go back to it. Anytime <laughs> I suggest it. So I think yeah. eventually I will take over and just play it because mm-hmm. I played AI and I played lots of Richie's Last Reward but never finished it. Um, so I think it's time for me to go play all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it, like a really quick diversion is something I forgot to mention. I'm currently playing Trails of Cold Steel, the Nihon Falcom JRPG, which is basically military persona. Are you playing the first one and then you're going to play two and then three? Yes, that is my plan. I've purchased oh one God. and two. Okay, Sam did play through Dragon Quest this year, so I think he's owed a modicum of. I think he might actually do this. No, I'm not. I'm not saying I don't think he'll do it. I'm saying those games are like 80 hours long. <laughs> I have finished four JRPGs that were over 60 hours this year. Yeah, I, I mad respect for that kind of uh, dedication. <laughs> Neon Falcon basically announced they weren't going to develop them for the Switch, which is the one thing that I was waiting for. They were there because they're bringing three to the Switch, and they'll and someone's like, "What about one and two? And they're like, "No, it costs too much to put stuff on the Switch." Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that was my comp that was making me wait to buy them. Um, so I'm gonna, I've bought one and two on PS4, and I will buy the third one probably on the Switch because that's the easiest place to play a JRPG. Um, but yeah, I'm really enjoying one so far. And I think that that is probably going to be the most underrated games of the decade for me when I eventually finish them. Um, and I'll be talking about them a lot next year, I expect. All right. Uh, tra- okay. Yeah. Wow. All these, I thought these games were like coming out over a long period of time, but they've all come out since 2015. Also, we don't have to go on a huge tangent, but. I only recently um, Giant Bomb played uh, Faxanadu on stream recently, which is a game I had heard of but didn't know anything about. And I started looking into the like that. I forget what it's called, like Dragon's Saga or Legend something. I don't know. But Legend of Heroes is part of that whole thing. The Trails of Cold Steel games are not, but I know they are technically Legend of Heroes offshoots. Uh, <laughs> Trails of Cold Steel and Legend of Heroes all take place on the same planet, but so Trails of Cold Steel is a different continent. Okay, so I guess technically it's the same world. Then I'm gonna find the image and share it with people. But holy shit, the like that series of games is the most convoluted. Like, wow, and. I don't have the time, but I want to go back to those games from like 84 and start there and like play all those games because it is wild how like much that series like it's like the mainline series is like four games and then there's like 37 side games. Yeah, (laughs) it's really cool. Oh, you mean Kingdom Hearts, but it's like worse than Kingdom Hearts. It's like now I see where Kingdom Hearts got the inspiration <laughs> on the uh, Neon Falcom uh, Reddit. People are talking about the ideal or play order to play Trails of Cold Steel. And the majority of the posts are like, you should play the Legend of Heroes quadrilogy first. I was like, I don't have time to play four JRPGs that are not on consoles that I own to play <laughs> three JRPGs that are on consoles that I own. And luckily in every single thread, someone goes, look, you don't need to do this. 
But <laughs> you know what you do need to make time to play? Dungeons of Dreadmore. Yeah, that's my other one that I wanted to bring. Um, so uh, one of the things that I was thinking about when we were, when this topic came up in our discussion is uh, that uh, one of the genres that had kind of a moment in the 2010s was the roguelike or roguelite genre, especially with uh, indie games um, getting becoming increasingly more available and more playable. Uh, so, and, and a lot of them are particular favorites of mine. Uh, like my most played game on Steam is The Binding of Isaac. My second most played game on Steam is The Binding of Isaac uh, Rebirth. <laughs> so... <laughs> So I've played a lot of that, but I've also loved Rogue Legacy. Uh, I've loved um, Ender the Gungeon. I've loved, like, there's Spelunky. There's just so many really great games. Mm. Uh, but one that I don't think has been brought up as it in the kind of roguelike uh, discussion is Dungeons of Dreadmore, which I have put over 100 hours into. And it is uh, a... I, I think just a really fantastic game that should have more of um, discussion about it, especially as we talk about uh, things like roguelikes and roguelites. Totally. Uh, beca- yeah, because it's uh, it's 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 very much a, a roguelike uh, in terms of you're um, going through a dungeon and you are. Um, it's randomly generated um, often with. Uh, you can turn on or off permadeath. Uh, but the thing that is, I think, really cool about uh, Dungeons of Dreadmore in particular is just how many options there are for um, customization. There are so many different classes that you can pick. There are so many different weapons you can find, so many things you can craft, that there's a really great uh, feeling of um, discovery, even after you've played it for a as many hours as I have is uh, just it, to just wander around and find things. Um, cool. And, and uh, discovery is kind of the thing that I think is really the like most interesting of Dungeons of Dreadmore because uh, it, it just the, the couple of few times that I've, uh, when I was first playing it, 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 there's just so many things where you're just wandering around and suddenly you open a door and, uh, a big text pop, uh, pop-up comes up and says monster zoo. And you realize, Oh no, this is a giant room full of monsters. What did I just walk into? Um, and there's just so many, there's so many, uh, um, elements of humor as well. Uh, it's, 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 I, I think it's just one of those games where I, I've put so many hours into it and I'm, I'm kind of constantly surprised that it's not discussed, especially as we kind of have a, retrospective on the roguelike genre. Yeah. It's a good game. And it's, I think, uh, kind of perennially at very, very cheap on steam. So it's, uh, don't, so it's not something, so it's something that you could pretty, uh, cheaply pick up and then also, uh, put quite a few hours into. Yeah. It's $5 on steam right now. Uh, the complete version is, uh, $7. So, Wow, breaking the bank. <laughs> it this guy's got some serious eyebrows. Yeah. Oh yeah, he does. Yeah, like. it's awesome. It's I remember actually really enjoying that game too. Uh 
the the company that made it went on to make like one more game, I think. Uh, yeah, the, then the they, Clockwork Empire or something like that. Yeah, and then they they I think they folded, um, which is unfortunate because I when when we when you mentioned this, I uh, I think the company still exists. I just don't think they're working on anything. They're actually based out of mm. the city I live in. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. So I didn't know that. Yeah, Clockwork uh, Empires did not. Um, I did not find it particularly compelling, and I believe that it did get canceled. Oh, really? I thought it came out. Uh, well, it did, but it, I believe they put it out as a like, we can't work on this anymore. Oh, um, gotcha. Oh, they, they just, in May 2019 they confirmed that the company had ceased all operations. Okay. Yeah, it, it's a, kind of a sad story. Clockwork yeah. Empires was a really cool looking thing, and they just never. Hmm figured it out and then in 2016 they just kind of pushed it out the door and said they were done uh-huh. so that's unfortunate it was, a, it was yeah. a bummer because I, I i was hoping that there was some game that i was missing that i could pick up after uh uh thinking back on dungeons of Dreadmore. but after this i may be uh reinstalling it and giving it another shot because yeah totally uh yeah well i can say that it came out on July 14th, 2011. So you're welcome. It was a birthday gift to me. <laughs> that you got to enjoy. Uh, that, yeah, no, that sounds really neat. Uh, I, I had never heard of it until you brought it up. Uh, it looks surprisingly complicated. It, it uh, is. Lots it, of menus and stats e- and stuff, I guess. It's, it's honestly, which is something that I don't always get into where it's like, just that level of complexity, but I feel like uh, uh, when you when I was looking at this at uh, the Steam page, I was like, this doesn't look like a game I would associate with Alice. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it normally wouldn't, but I feel like there's it's especially like when you're picking classes. There are I forget how many, but there like when you first pick up, uh, well, or rather than classes, you uh, you you do skills, um, and there are uh. 51 skills, which I just found out by looking it up. Uh, but there, but you can actually randomize what skill that you use and use skills you use. So you can really just kind of jump in and try out a wide variety of different builds and options. It's, it's a good game. <laughs> All right. Awesome. I have uh, a quick update. Um, there are 78 games in the Falcom Dragon Slayer oh and related God. game series. What? That is why 78 video games. Why? Starting with Dragon Slayer from 1984. Why? And mm-hmm. the Legend of Heroes series, which are all ATR JRPGs, there's 23 of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, yep. And uh, one hasn't even mm-hmm. come out in the West yet. The, so Legend of Heroes Trials of Cold Steel 4 is out in Japan but won't be out until next year but also if you look at these box covers there's some of the fucking coolest shit <laughs> I want to play that look at that box cover for 1984's Dragon Slayer I want to play that that's fucking awesome well uh, look forward to next year's uh, Trails of the Legend of Heroes Dragon Slayer Dragon Slayer, Dragon Slayer fix. fix. Yep. Sam and I are going back to 84. I'm going to buy a yes. mister. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm looking forward to doing another underappreciated games podcast in 10 years. 
the the most <laughs> underappreciated the most underappreciated games of 1984. Uh, well, lucky for you, Alex. There's still one more game we can talk about, uh, or a whole series, really, uh, because I think uh, the Dishonored series has been criminally has been criminally underrated uh especially like dishonored 2 dishonored 1 is also very good uh but i feel like nobody talked about dishonored 2 really um yeah it came out in 2016 which was a very good game a very good year for games Watch Dogs 2 like uh sam said titanfall 2 um owlboy owlboy <laughs> uh it was a good good year for games um and like titanfall 2 Dishonored 2 had a time travel level that operated in much the same way as Titanfall 2, which was like wild to experience and then hear everyone talk about how crazy the Titanfall 2 level is and be like over in Dishonored 2 like it's the same thing. <laughs> it's the same mechanic. Ah, uh, Andre's second hill he will die on apart from the Pokemon won't follow you in Sword and Shield hill. Oh my god. It's yeah, no, uh longtime listeners may remember I have discussed this exact thing. I think the Titanfall 2 level is great and uh it does like, you know, the movement in that makes it like unique and different, but there's also like the movement mechanics and Dishonored uh make that really cool. But uh appropriately today when I woke up, I looked at Twitter and I saw this thread about some just neat things about the Dishonored series. Like uh, in the first Dishonored, uh, this is from Vex Werewolf on Twitter. In the first Dishonored, if you switch the glasses so that Campbell drinks his own poison and then possess him, you die. And there's a special game over message for it because <laughs> you can possess like NPCs. Yeah. Uh, there's a door code in the second game, which is always a date. And it actually has two combinations, day, month and month, day, both work to unlock the door. It's awesome. So if if you're wrong and use the incorrect uh, uh, month day uh, organization, uh, if you maintain a ghost or shadow run, so if you are unseen in the first game, your wanted poster never gets a sketch and just remains a silhouette with a question mark. Uh, and lastly, in Dishonored Two, there's the Clockwork Mansion, uh, which yeah, is awesome. this really amazing feat of level design, yeah. where like the level is constantly moving and changing, and you can like use the moments where it's changing to like get outside the level and like get in like the mechanics of it and get around that way to like be sneaky. And uh, there are Clockwork soldiers in there who it's been like built by this inventor guy. And if you kill him and the clockwork soldiers find his body, uh, they have unique voice lines for that. And they're using the guy's own voice, like the creator's voice. Uh, So he recorded voice lines for if his soldiers found his dead body, Mm. which is just like a really bizarre world building thing. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's the thing I've always loved about Dishonored is just the intense attention to detail on like everything. Yeah, uh, like some people, I think you have even said like you think uh, Dishonored One is better than Two, Alex, because of like some replayability stuff. Is that correct? I think Dishonored One is more replayable. I don't know if I would say it's better. Okay, 
like because Dishonored 2 does have like you can play as like the two different characters, which gives you uh, even more choices for like the abilities you can do. You can play as uh, oh, I can't remember the names, uh, but you can play as the queen or the empress Corvo. And then Emily, I can't remember the empress's name. Maybe uh, Emily, Emily, yeah. I think Caldwin. I want to say Emily. Call, call, yeah, Emily Caldwin. Yes, there we go. I, I love this game so much, but I can't remember <laughs> the, uh, the the names of the people in it. Uh, but yeah, you can. So you can play as the uh, either one of those characters in two, yeah. and it um, will like you'll have different abilities depending on who you're playing as, uh, which is like a neat way to you know let people approach the game in different ways. Uh, so. More people should play the Dishonored games. I'm super excited for uh, Deathloop from the, that studio from whenever that comes out. Yeah. yeah, from Arcane. So I imagine we'll hear about that at E3 next year. I hope so. Seven seven months away. Yeah, uh, yeah. If if we don't, what are they doing? Um, did Did you ever play like Thief or anything like that, or was Dishonored like your first real foray into stealthy? Stealthy kind of games. Uh, I, like, I mean, I've played Ma- Metal Gear Solid, uh, but yeah. yeah, no, I don't think I'd played like Thief. I, I'm sure. I don't know if there is anything really that I had played akin to that uh, before. Nothing like jumps to mind, right. but um, it was like a just like playing that first one was really cool and. Like the abilities and being able to like jump, real, like, you know, blink really far and yeah, like assassinate totally. people from the shadows and like hide the bodies was just really neat. The blink was awesome. And then trying to like not kill, trying to not kill people because like, well, I don't want the rats to get them and take over the city. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's a real, real cool series. Uh, I'm sad that there won't be any more because I think with uh, Death of the Outsider, they left the they had like room to make the game, uh, like do something really cool with the game. Maybe they'll come back to the series eventually. I but, bet they will someday. Uh, yeah, it's uh, whether it's, it's arcane a, making it and it's the thing you want. Who knows? Yeah, but I bet yeah. they will someday. They, it, like it, they set up the, so they could do pretty much anything they want with that series. Um, but yeah, but uh, yeah, unless anyone has any other underrated games they just need to praise i don't have any underrated games but people i had some people ask like why aren't you doing the best games of the decade or you know the most important games of the decade and that's a big conversation and i think there's a kotaku article that you should read because it's really good yeah there there are there are lots of of great uh, lots of great games we're going to talk about some great games uh you know, maybe you know what the secret is. These are the best games of the decade. <laughs> uh, I like Battlefront Two. It is probably not one of the ten best games of the decade. <laughs> no, I mean it, it's Dark Souls, Dark Souls Three, and Bloodborne. Um, I'm and currently knee deep in a Dark Souls playthrough, and I the would be hard pressed to argue against it. And uh, the Surge, uh, Lords of the Fallen, two D one with the the mice and stuff. Of tail, oh, tails, Hollow Knight. No, no. Um, oh God, I can't remember it. Two D with the mice and stuff. I don't think there's a Souls like like that. Give me a sec. I'm gonna look it up. But y'all should talk about okay. that Kotaku article because it's really strong. It's good. Uh, you should read it. I don't want to. Sp- I think it's better if you don't have uh, like Sultan, full rundown. Sultan Sanctuary. Oh, oh that had mice in it. Yeah, I didn't know there were mice things. Uh, anyway, uh, 
yeah, you know, we're going to talk about good games. Uh, everyone's talking about the most important games. I, I think no matter what you do, a lot of those lists are going to end up the same. Like I, Kotaku's list is a little more nuanced than maybe like an IGN list or like a Polygon list. Uh, the Not article that Polygons is. I think the article yeah. we're specifically talking about too is the uh, who wrote it, Jeremy uh, Joshua Rivera. Got Joshua Rivera. Yeah, uh, Joshua Rivera. Rivera's Rivera. Rivera. Uh, <laughs> it's just something wrong with my brain and mouth. Um, Josh Rivera's uh, um, article is uh, the the decading games in five games. Um, which is not, he says up top that it's not the, um, best five games of the decade necessarily. It's not the most important five games of the decade necessarily, but it is a story of the gaming industry told over the course of five games. And I think it's important to read if you like video games. Yep. Um, and for a lot of people hope probably, and hopefully frankly, who don't listen to this podcast, who will never read it and take it to heart. It's important to internalize as well because uh, it has a lot of smart things to say about toxicity and uh, the state, the damage that has the world. Yeah. And the state and how the state of video games kind of mirrors that in some ways. Um, So I think it's, yeah, it's a phenomenal article and I think it's, it kind of overshadows all the best of lists that I read in terms Mm of um, being powerful and making you really think about the decade. Yeah. Uh, Mm Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I think more than any decade before, like games have changed a lot. Oh, the mm-hmm. industry has changed immensely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, games are games, but like the the well, like the breadth of experiences available to players uh, writ large is vastly different than it has been before. And players uh, have changed. Uh, yes, or and, at uh, least. What players are willing to say publicly has changed. Uh, who, yeah, uh, who can make games? Uh, who is, yeah, who's making the decisions? Stuff like oh, that. yeah, That's, and like there's the rise of engines like Unity and Unreal, so anybody can make a game. And yeah. also the fact yep. that I feel like uh, even in the late uh, the late aughts, you started seeing gaming becoming way more mainstream. But like, yeah, it is completely an acceptable practice to be like a hardcore gamer these days. And it's like, you know, like, I don't know when I was a kid in, I don't know, elementary school, that's not the kind of thing you would be super upfront. I had to play my PlayStation uphill in the snow, both ways. Not so much that it's more (laughs) that like, it's not something you publicly talked about. You're not like, Oh man, I'm bringing all these games I played to class because people are going to think that's so cool. But like, Mm. like, you know, because there was that stigma around it, and now every kid in the world is playing Minecraft and Fortnite, and it's just socially acceptable. So it's it is a different kind of landscape now versus like ten, twenty years ago. Yeah, but uh, I think the thing is that this article sounds like it's pretty political, and we're a games podcast, yeah. so oh, it's very political. <laughs> uh, hold the politics, please. Uh, but uh yeah so <laughs> i'm trying to get a job at the escapist jesus <laughs> oh, God. Jeez. Uh, oh boy well um with that uh we're gonna do a rundown of some of the news that happened over the last week because boy is there some, some surprising to go oh, through yeah. all we'll, of the we'll news. be really no, we'll but, be quick with it yeah uh yeah I think the main thing that we should touch on is 
out of nowhere. The monolith from 2001. Yes, the monolith <laughs> from 2001. The Xbox Series X was had like a an, an official unveiling at the Game Awards. Yeah. I don't. Uh, Jeff Keighley seems so giddy <laughs> to be able to like go, hey, it didn't leak. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's pretty impressive. Although I feel like I don't know. I can't remember what E3 leaks happened for Microsoft, but I feel like Microsoft is a less leaky ship than some places. I yeah. think it has to do with the fact that when you're a company that also does three point five like billion dollar defense contracts all the time, you're pretty good about keeping shit under wraps. Totally. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, but there there had been a lot of leaks about what that system is. Uh, sure. The fact that they didn't, you know, the Game Awards didn't leak that it was going to be revealed. Yeah. Um, it wasn't even rumored, really. But- yeah, uh, it was just like there were rumors that there were like, you know, about what the system was. No rumors like, oh, it's going to show up at the Game Awards. Then, um, yeah, I mean, all they really did was show what the box looked like. Um, mm-hmm. That was accompanied by some like uh, stories from GameSpot, uh, Wired, The, the Verge, etc., who got like to go and talk to Phil Spencer and some people at uh, Microsoft and see the box. Which is it's a real tall GameCube. It looks so cool. I love it, the way it, that thing looks. It doesn't it doesn't have a handle, so it's bullshit. Yeah. How can I take it with me? It's true. It is definitely two GameCubes stacked on top of each other. Although I, again I, I, like, I think two and a half GameCubes. Yeah, maybe. Uh, again, no one's gonna run it vertically, just like they always show consoles vertically in marketing material and no one ever runs their consoles vertically. So the same I, thing will happen he, here. Uh, but even even sideways, like I, I had this discussion with you, Pat, like it would be a tight fit in my media center. Sure. Uh, if if that picture that I looked that I think you sent, if that is accurate, because that looks like they're like conjecture based on like, OK, well, we know how big the controller is. I mean, if it's so, to scale, it's to scale. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Uh, but but like I, there I had some. I was like, uh, but I think it's like wider than they're saying here. But anyway, yeah. Um, There's specs out there based on the disk drive because the disk drives yeah. are a finite size. Yeah. So um, the sizing it's is better out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like 11 something inches tall. I'm yeah, more like when it's more like thick it wide. Is. Yeah. It's, uh, it's about four something inches wide. That doesn't sound also right. Pat. I run my Xbox one S. Uh, vertically and i will be running the xbox one series x vertically if i buy one so okay when i say things like no one does that i i know obviously there are some insane <laughs> yeah. people like you out there that do it's it. how i can I, I put fit it next to my I, switch in my I entertainment am, center i am imp- i guess if it's in inside of a cabinet that makes sense i can't run any of my consoles vertically because my cat would absolutely knock them over and that is a terrifying I, premise to i me. ran i ran my ps4 vertically in my last apartment so i would love to run my ps4 vertically it looks great that way but i know my cat would knock it off of my desk and yeah that is a nightmare scenario <laughs> so i have a question for y'all do you think with the naming scheme they have here that means that we never get another x like Xbox One, Xbox yep. 360 is just forever going yep. to be Xbox Series Blah. Yep. Uh, yeah, I, I think uh, it would have to be like a big, like a drastic change. Because like, if you do the Xbox Series X, do you do the X One? 
the A, like, you know, we're because oh like this, yeah. the X is kind of the showstopper, I think, is you, that that's like the you boom. call it the the in in three or four, probably four or five years is more accurate. You get the 2024 Series X or do you get, the, do you get, get like, the XX? Do you get like and the, then you get the, the X triple X and the X Pro seven? I don't think I don't think I, I my Five, assumption X Pro 7 5G. <laughs> my assumption <laughs> is that there will be oh there's going to be another SKU announced that's called the Series S. Yeah. That like would and and they'll just those two consoles will get updates but they'll just be the year will be attached or they'll call them like X2, the Series X2, the Series X3, the Series S2, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Do like a, like a MacBook. Exactly. Yeah, 100%. I think that that is what makes sense for them to do too, frankly. Um, yeah, if I was them, I would be calling it the Xbox and then putting a year on it. That's, yeah. it's, not sna- it's not snazzy. Yeah, I agree with you, Sam. I think that's the thing that makes the most sense from a consumer perspective. It's how the iPad does it. Yeah. But, but they also have like six different versions of the iPad. Hmm. Well, I would do an Xbox and an Xbox like Pro X or something. I mean, that's Xbox what this X is. is enough. <laughs> I don't Xbox. I don't know if they want to have a ton of different hardware options out there with how much they seem to be leaning on XCloud, though. Uh, well, I think you just the games will be. I think that it's if it's all unified architecture and it all just like runs better over time. I I don't think they're going to do Apple and do something every two years or every year or whatever. No, right. I think it'll be more like every five years. But I do mm-hmm. think that they're going to do more frequent well co- a comparable amount of updates to it as they have done over this generation but it'll look mm-hmm. more like this is just the next this is the new series x and this is the new series s yep um yeah well uh i do we think the series s is going to be all cloud so it'll be it, no but it'll be discless i assume discless i assume it'll be it'll lean into like hey you can download and play all of these Xbox one games, you can download and play all of these Xbox 360 games that we have available digitally. You can download and play all these Xbox original Xbox games. So it'll be the kind of box where you can play a lot of that stuff, probably on game pass. I suspect that given how serious they've taught, like in Phil's article for xbox.com, he talks about like how important all four generations of Xbox are to this new console. Interesting. I suspect you're going to start seeing some old games come to game pass from like, the original Xbox and the 360. Um, and I bet you that the series S or whatever will be discless and lean into game pass and also lean into streaming. It won't be only for streaming, but it, it, it's going to be the game pass machine yeah. for sure. If it's uh, tiny. That would be cool as hell. Like something that's like Apple TV sized. I doubt they're going to do that. Like, I don't that think that would be, that would be a, be cool. it would be awesome. That would be yeah. a, that would be like a streaming only box, I imagine. What if you have something like that, like next iteration? So the next S, for example, is running on whatever the best ARM chip is at the time that can actually run Xbox One games. You, you, we've seen iPad games that don't look far off Xbox know, and I, PS4 games. Well, I don't think they can do it. I think with I them th- doing the Zen 2 architecture for like their CPU and yeah. stuff, like it would be very easy to scale down to some AMD chip like without needing to rely on ARM. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's actually cuz I mean we've just been doing a lot of conjecture here but they actually did get out and say some stuff about the tech uh n- no like concrete details but they did say it's based on like the new Zen 2 architecture yep. that just released this year yep. uh from AMD, NVMe, um, it's SSD. 
NVMe SSD, one terabyte, um, which is uh, sixteen gigabytes of RAM. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think like, there's some other stuff. Yeah, but yeah. Like it sounds just from like those specs without getting into actual like clock speeds and stuff like that. Like that yeah. sounds comparable to if you were to buy like without bearing in mind the graphics card, but probably like a thousand dollar gaming PC right now. Mm-hmm. Which is why I have a hard time believing that it's going to be four hundred dollars. But um, yeah, we can. I mean, we can. That's going to be an eternal argument until the pricing comes out. Um, right. But yeah. uh, I think that um, the Series X, I expect it to be about fifty dollars more than whatever the PS Five is. Uh, I think that that makes. I think why? But I, why? Because I think they will also put out this this a Series S that is a hundred dollars less than whatever the PS Five is. Yeah. I would and budget conscious people will buy that and will be marketed that and and people that are not as budget conscious they don't care if they're 50 or 100 bucks over the PS5 cuz people who want that console are going to buy it either way um and by having two SKUs kind of straddling the PS5's price point it allows them to get into homes and also not take as much of a hit on the higher end hardware yeah mm-hmm. Okay. Pat, just having a quick look online here, IGN's Bo Moore went through the um, equivalent powered stuff that you could get that they've announced from a Series X and says that it would cost $450. That seems... Core components, GPU, CPU, SSD. Then it's not very powerful. <laughs> uh, if it's I mean, a $450 PC, then uh, I, I find that extraordinarily hard yeah. to uh, I'll send you the link it just, it just if, if that if that's the case then that console will be 300 bucks and that's great. Uh, <laughs> uh I, yeah cuz I I would have to look at I'd have to look at that uh thing cuz like I mean I've got probably similar to what they've got. I think they said did they say 8 core pro, uh, CPU? I didn't know cuz if they did then uh, I I think it may it, I think it's a core so that'd be even a step up from where I'm at cuz I'm on the 3600 so that'd be like a 3700 equivalent a GPU capable of ray tracing is like $400 bare minimum and not that or, powerful yeah <laughs> like, I just don't believe that he built a PC that is yeah as powerful um maybe not counting the GPU I could believe that you could get all the other components for for yeah. bucks, and like all, all this stuff is like custom too for that yeah. stuff. So they're yeah, doing yeah, they're it's not they're, costing they're, Microsoft. They're mass producing yeah. it, but um, it totally yeah. won't be a thousand dollars. But yeah, but it, it's like comparing it to what's available now is like difficult because we don't actually know what they're what they've got. Yeah. Do you guys think if you were to buy this directly from Microsoft, they give you the option of buying it upfront or like a subsidized oh, monthly bundle with for sure. with Game Pass uh, already, and Gold and they've, they've already, already said they, they are. So they are from, because they are? you can upgrade your yeah. you can upgrade your oh yeah, 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 yeah. all access right, this right, holiday right. or this this year. Yeah, you're right. I hope they offer. I would. I mean, I accept it if they don't, but it'd be cool if they offer uh, upgrade path for like existing all access people because I totally yeah. would have bought into the upgradable version. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, I don't expect them to, but did you have a thought, Allison? I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, no, no, no thoughts. But I, I, I think you guys are all on, on the point. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. We'll uh, see. Balls in yeah, court. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, uh, they, they kind of, the, the day, two days before, uh, they kind of just like, Gently passed the ball off uh, when they had their state of play, and 
I think I think they're going to wait for them to reveal everything about the Series X and then be like, it's cheaper, it's faster. See, I don't think Microsoft is going to say anything about the Series X until after anything else about it until after Sony. I mean, they've already said they're going to like E3 is where they're going to do their big uh, like big reveals and stuff. And I bet I bet Sony does another uh, like February event like they did with the PS4 that worked for them before Uh, they get out there. They have. Control the messaging. I, I don't think Sony says absolutely everything, um, but I think they get out there. Here's our box. Here's, you know, here's the specs. Here's that kind of stuff. And then they have, you know, they, they leave some mystery. Oops. Um, <laughs> but uh, one thing that is no longer a mystery is where the hell is Resident Evil 3? Yeah. Uh, because it's happening. They sh- they showed it in the like we knew it was happening from the uh, the leaked box art that showed up on PSN. So that was like, a, OK, I yeah, know this is real. But um, yeah, they they played a little coy. They're like, oh, yeah. Now to talk about Resident Evil. I can't even remember the name of the game, like the co-op game they've got. And now to talk about the campaign for the game. And then they use that as their reveal for the Resident Evil 3 remake, yeah. which was good. That was pretty clever. Uh, it starts. The clip is all in like for, or the beginning of the clip is all first person, uh, much like Resident Evil 7. Uh, Alex suggested that Resident Evil, the Resident Evil 3 remake would be first person. Uh, I'm not I don't think the game will be fully first person, maybe parts or maybe it's a way you could play it. Right. An option because yeah. late later in the trailer, they do show like what looks like just standard third person gameplay. Uh, so we'll we'll see how that goes. But I'm excited for that. Uh, they actually updated the demo for Resident Evil 2 and you can hear Nemesis going stars. Yeah, it's pretty good in one part so they're and then like they added in a memo you can find from jill somewhere hidden in the game so that's neat and i'm really looking forward to that i was off on the date by like two months because they said it's in april Uh, i was expecting february but I'll, i'll take it i'm on vacation at that point so uh, Resident Evil Three. Resident Evil Three. Uh, there was, was also was my favorite back in the day. Uh, okay, so, interesting. Interesting to see. Uh, it seems like it's a divisive game. I think, but uh, I, I'm interested to see how they handle some of those mechanics. Uh, but going forward, there was also the next day was a Nindies or Nintendo video. Did they even call it Nindies? They're no, just it's like Nindie hey, World, World now. Yeah, they haven't used and the like, Nindies branding for a while. It's Nintendo. I don't know. Uh, but I do know that Axiom Verge is a good game and Axiom Verge 2 sounds like a great idea. Yeah. And so I'm happy that that guy's making a second one. Uh, yeah. Did any, have any of you, has everyone played Axiom Verge? Played but not finished. Yeah, same. It's, I, it's I only a played game. a little bit of it, but I, I, it's something I'd want to get back and play more. Yeah, that's it's where I'm at with it too. Maybe my favorite Metroidvania. Interesting. Maybe. Uh, there's so many. I've played so many in the recent <laughs> years, but like I like it's a game I always like. I want to go back to a lot because uh, it's just got like a lot of great like upgrades and like so many guns and like different ways you could play. Um, so yeah, that's real cool. I'm 
looking forward to that. Was there a date on that? I wasn't able to watch the video. I don't remember there being a date. The, on that. Okay, I'm looking at a, an article, and Axiom Verge Two is said to be fall of 2020. Okay. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. Uh, da, da, da. And then uh, also, Sports Story <laughs> was announced, which yes. is from the makers of Golf Story for the Switch, which was. Uh, I don't remember if it made my top 10 list in 2017, but it was like a very. It 100% fun, made mine. It was a very fun, goofy game. Uh, like it, you're playing golf the entire time, but it's an RPG yep. and they pull in like a, they make you do weird mini games or like encounters through golf. Like, oh, you got to hit this wizard who's teleporting around and then like it's just like why what is happening but I, I feel uh, like there's it's, like snowmen and stuff it's it's good but i feel like it's one of those things too where it's like it, it, it does some really weird things with it but also at its core there is like pretty standard golf gameplay as well um so you can actually play the play like a round of golf and then you play through the story where you're uh uh hitting people with golf balls and moving it around but it's it's uh i think it shows just how excited how much i liked golf story that i'm super that sports story might be my new most anticipated anticipated game uh especially since i have like zero interest in sports but i loved golf story so much so i'm i'm so excited it was a really clever game and there this one is going to include uh tennis and dungeons (laughs) So uh, don't want to end up in a tennis dungeon. That's uh, I think there's an anime about that. Probably. Oh yeah. Tennis dungeon is one of my favorites. Uh, The prince of it is a big boss. Yeah. Uh, Is there any, (laughs) any other news that we need to uh, touch on? Um, Um, A couple other games from the indie world. Uh, I'd say the other one that was kind of, weird but i i'm super on board for is murder by numbers which is uh, a visual novel and it's like a murder mystery visual novel but then also you look for clues and do investigation through pit cross um it looks extremely fun and i'm really excited for it uh and the other one that i think a lot of people were talking about that I'm, i'm really excited to give a shot is super mash um which is the where you match up different genres and it uh, gives you a weird, weird game from mashing up the genres. So I think it looks that looks really nifty as well. So. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, well, uh, that is going to do it for this episode of Gaming Fix. Uh, episode 100, the big 100. Woo! The big, uh, the. Uh, what's another funny thing for 100 i don't know what c is another roman numeral for 100 i have no yeah okay (laughs) i i haven't studied roman numerals since i was like seven (laughs) uh anyway that's gonna do it uh thank you all for joining us uh if you've been here with us since episode one or if you've joined us somewhere along the way we appreciate you uh being here and uh you know because of that we're doing that gift uh that game giveaway and so head over to the twitter uh 
fix at fix podcast to get entered or send us an email at gaming at fix.space with either a picture of general grievous's butt <laughs> jeff Keeley's butt or uh or darth vader's butt game, is also acceptable your underrated game of, of any 20, star wars characters is available of the possible. 2010s any oh oh no then maybe never mind <laughs> Uh, you, are Jeff, you afraid we're going to get just, Jabba the Hutt butt? Yeah, just where my mind Jeff, went. Does, does Jabba have a butt? Is Jabba the butt? Mm. Jabba the butt. Jabba the butt. How many, how many orifices does Jabba have? <laughs> at, least, oh at least three. At least five. That, the way that was phrased is like going to give me nightmares. Okay, he's, he's got, you can send an email to gaming at fixed on space with a picture of Jeff Keeley's butt or your underrated and game. Presumably ears. 2010s. Yeah. So that's five. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say and, seven. Uh, you can find me I'm on Twitter at Coolslaw, C O O L S L 4 W. He's just so big. He just doesn't and, let anything uh, go. I don't where can people find you? much waste, and I think it all comes out of his mouth. People can find me on Twitter at W-R-I-T-E-R-S-E-R-E-N-Y-T-Y. Uh, Pat, where can people find you? You can find me at PJC Plays and also exploring the Junlin Wastes to try to find a hut to to ask about their but. holes. Okay. I don't uh, think we Sam. can call it a butt. Uh, you can find me at SCCH on almost every platform. And while you were studying Roman numerals, I was studying the blade. Oh, God. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Goodbye, um, everyone. Alex, there is one more way that people can enter our giveaway. Would you like to inform them? What way is that? <laughs> That's, we, we, we are on another, on another platform. Oh, yeah, of course. Oh. Right. Yeah, if you go to pornhub.com slash user slash C O O L S L four W, you can comment on any of those videos and yeah, we'll be sure to get you entered. Uh, what, what do they, is there any comment in particular? Should they follow the page? I think it should be a non sexual related comment so that we know that you've listened to the podcast. <laughs> Tell me your favorite breed of kitty cat. Okay. That's okay. So you can go to Pornhub and tell us your favorite breed of kitty cat in the comments. Uh, you will have to leave your f- full name and number, yeah, <laughs> full name and uh, email in the comments so we can uh, contact yeah. you. Uh, you can email us at gaming at fix.space or go to fix podcast. That'll be the easiest way for you to enter. But these other options are available yeah. to you. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Join us next week when we prestige and start over again at episode one uh, of the podcast, but with a star, one star, uh, but we're a five-star podcast. Go review us somehow. Give us five stars. Five stars for a hundred episodes. You'll get, you'll get an entry too. Let's let's do it all. I can't promise that. Do it all. But you should review us. I, where can be? Do, didn't iTunes do away with reviews? No, you can still review. Like, how do you, you review? You can still a, review on iTunes. Okay. You can review on Stitcher. Uh, most places. I try. They okay. did do away okay. with iTunes. iTunes doesn't exist. Yeah, it does on the phone. Okay. It's called okay. Apple Music. Uh, I don't know. Or Apple Podcast. Apple Podcast. Yeah, I don't even know. The Apple ecosystem is very confusing. Anyway, thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll be back next week and game of the game of the year stuff in three weeks. Ooh. Ooh.
That's going to be game of the week. It's going to be game of the week. week. You got to pick your favorite game from that week. Okay. The the best game to release next week. Let's see. But it's all it's that week every year in the history of games. Oh, God. Which means doing it at the end of the year is kind of tough. Yeah, not a lot of great games come out in like late December. That's what we should uh, do every week from now on. No. That should be the new format of the show. Oh, the best game of all the time ge- the, to release game of all time during that week. Oh, fuck. Oh, no. The besties used to do best game of the week every week. That was funny. That's wow. That sounds exhausting, man. And expensive. <laughs> and expensive. They did, they, did, they did the best game of the week Isn't and then it? they battle royaled it for game of the year. And they basically, no, like, no. each game knocked out a previous game, and then Game of the Month went to Game of the Year. That's just how TKO works. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Catch now me for real. Goodbye, Goodbye. everybody. I think T-shirt island. <laughs> so long. Farewell. I'll be the same.